Hello and welcome back to the Handstand Cast with me, Emmett Lewis, and my co-host Mikhail Christiansen. How are things going, Mr. Dark Lord? Uh, same as last time. Um, not much news. Trying to stay busy doing things, but turns out there's not that much to do. How about you? Yeah, I'd say basically the exact same, but we have exciting news that we finally found a nice place to move into. So Sick. we get a change of scenery and <laughs> freedom from, I know all the listeners like when we have a, a bit of a seagull noise in the background or a junkie fight, but hopefully that <laughs> will be gone. So I'm sorry to disappoint you guys. We could probably like ship some of them in for short-term notice. Temple <laughs> Bar, you are yeah. leaving. Temple Bar, you are out here. So... Hopefully, I'm looking forward to change of scenery. Otherwise, it would be, uh, yeah, the exact same Groundhog Day shit going on again and again. But alas, we shall just get on with it and do a podcast based on repeating the topic. We do a podcast where we talk about handstands. And all we do is talk about handstands and just repeats over and over again. Yeah, yeah, that is basically that is basically it. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't even have much to rant about today. Maybe that's that. that maybe that's. As a ranting topic, uh, that there just isn't enough shit to rant about. Um, yeah. Remem- remember a couple of months ago when everyone's like, oh, I can't wait for 2020 to be over. Haha. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah, right. You're not, you're not in 2021. You're in 2020 plus one. Yeah, basically. Yeah, it's kind of sad to say the fairs and there's nothing to rant about. Like, everything's gone a bit tame. Donald yeah, Trump is gone. We have a normal American president. You know, there is other protests and other stuff kicking off around the world, which are notable to note across if you're into these politic things. But uh, on the, on the news, of, yeah, it's it's just yeah. it's just the same shit every single day. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, yeah. rather limited uh, the amount of activities that can be done. And I guess yeah, it is what it is. Not much to really do yeah. about. Um, train some handstands uh, now and again but also that's like I mean for me like obviously for everyone I guess just much less motivating one when you don't have uh, that many people to interact with if you if or when you train Um, and uh, like for us performers as well there's nothing to there are no shows there are no nothing and like you just don't have anything to train for and like when 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 people were thinking that oh yeah like in a while like I'll be back on stage, and people were thinking it was like a six month thing sure like it was you could kind of think to keep in shape due to that but like now nah, like it's for, for me I mean I enjoy to train usually but when it's when it's never really a social activity and when there's like so much of that kind of uh, that community sensation of it is not there it's just. It just becomes a chore and kind of this like mindless, okay, something to pass the time with kind of thing. And yeah, it, yeah, it 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 gets gets extremely monotonous. And I think that like it makes you much more focused on the negative and the boring and kind of the repetitive nature of the task becomes a lot more apparent when there's no one there to laugh with when you're doing shit. So yeah, I think it's definitely one of these things just to uh, segue into the general thing. January, February are shit months for motivation. They're probably great for Australians because summer is coming. Yes, cheaters. All this stuff, cheaters. But uh, for all of us in the Northern Hemisphere, it's just a bit like I've been dealing with this all of the last two weeks where I've just been Skyping my clients or talking to them. And yeah, 
basically everyone's in a funk and it's not unique and mm-hmm. it's just a bit shit yep and january is always like this it's always this kind of thing like even when i was working as a personal trainer like january people would be like oh january noobs and other stuff you know what gyms are generally empty in january gyms didn't start getting busy till mid-february and afterwards mm. and that's when like you know it was kind of the running joke oh january like february was your christmas bonus mm. February was like when you would sign up a load of new clients when you're a personal trainer. It was not January, despite what people are thinking, unless you're pre-selling in December. Mm. But other than that, like, January is shit. No one wants to come to the gym. No one wants to do anything. Everyone feels bad about not wanting to do everything. And maybe there's just a chronobiology thing of here. Like, you're in the dead of winter. Be a fucking seed and go to fuck inside the earth. Yeah. Just Yeah, I mean, there. like, fucking <clears throat> uh, Scandinavia, like, I mean... In, in Scandinavia, at least if you go in the mountains or further north, you basically have like, uh, you have May to like August when it's all right. It's warmish sometimes and can be nice days. And then you have like kind of September, October blurs a bit together. And then you have November, uh, AKA January. And that lasts like you have basically like seven months of January and it just sucks. <laughs> Uh, and the, depending on where you are, like usually Stockholm has more like seven months of November, uh, since it's, it's, it's on the coast. So it's November. Yeah, because it's, it's just pissy rain. Uh, but actually now it's super snowy here and, and quite cold for Stockholm, which is rare. But, uh, but like anyway, it's, it's basically dark, uh, very early in the day. And you're, of course it affects your mood and all of that. You don't see the sun much and if it's if it's if it's not snowing it's still pretty cold uh and it just lasts and lasts and lasts and lasts and then like january comes like okay you've been through christmas and like december is cold january is cold and then you come to come to february and you're pretty tired of the entire thing it's like oh yeah it's not done like it's still two months left until like it gets actually (laughs) bearable out there and it's just like yay let's go on again and then like yay finally may comes and then you have like three months of something sometimes and then on again repeat rage so (laughs) so that's actually a really perfect starting point for what we're gonna be talking about this evening because it's gonna be something that all of you hand balancers are gonna be repeating a lot and repeating a lot and you think you've got it but then you still haven't got it and you still have to keep repeating it that thing is the kick-up so our topic this evening is the kick up the handstand uh we're supposed we're just going to talk about all the kind of things around that i haven't really got anything too planned because let's face it we've all done ten thousand of them yeah yeah so Death by ten thousand kick-ups so okay if i was to ask you what is this i've never done a handstand before what is a kick-up uh, a kick up is uh, the reason you use the word kick is because you're obviously going to do something with a leg since legs kick. Um, so, I mean, to isolate a kick up to handstand is is basically inverting the body wi- and using uh, one of your legs or both even possible uh, as kind of pendulum swinging up in the air as you place your hands on the floor to invert your axis uh, and to turn your hands into feet and your Put your feet in the air. So, uh, if you'd explain this to a total beginner, I mean that is that at least gives a decent explanation in terms of an image. Okay, this is what the the body tries to do. Uh, so the task is seemingly very simple. Um, 
but it has a lot of these uh, details to it that are very easy to miss and which which actually most beginners miss uh <laughs> it's 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 astounding how how many people uh basically just need time to understand how to k kick up to handstand because it's a refinement process and uh, but i think it's it's the simple nature of the task like in terms of like how it looks and the principle seems very simple so i think that's yeah. that's what what makes it elusive when you actually like get into the details like oh yeah you need to push through your shoulders like this you need to like have there's a specific relationship between how far away you put your hands and how much force you need to drive with the heels are you kicking with both legs are you uh, how is your shoulder flexion as you're kicking up how is your balance can you stay on your hands are you safe with falling over all of these things will matter to a large degree when you're then standing there on your feet and trying to kick up and i'm sure for those of you that are listening that are still at the stage where you're like kind of maybe worried about the handstand in terms of like it might be a bit scary or you haven't you haven't held it yet or or your kick up kind of isn't there uh, you can probably associate this because it's like it's uh, uh, when you can't kick up it feels like a big deal and that that i think is a thing that can be easy to easy to miss as a teacher you say oh come on it's just a kick up you just throw yourself down onto the floor and then the person's like what the fuck do you mean uh, uh help <laughs> yeah i think it's one of these things it's like i always just wonder is it like a meme in society because if you go to a park during summer or other places and you see people who just they're enjoying the sun hanging out and they start doing trying to do some handstands i'm not saying they're doing it not saying any kind of thing but or if you watch kids like if they try the handstand the first kind of thing they'll do is kick up mm. but i wonder is like is that just a societal imprint of like is kicking up most the most obvious way to get on your hands if you were to say to someone who's never <laughs> seen a handstand before go stand on your hands how would they do it I wonder is the kick up the most way or is tuck up or a kind mm. of jump the straddle more intuitive part of me thinks like the kick up would be because it kind of would mimic the walking pattern yeah but at the same time maybe not but I, I, I do think though that like the the kick up is maybe the one that allows you to uh the most easy since you're like if you're used doing it from a standing position you're in like you're inverting your body as you go so the the driving force of you putting the hands down towards the floor uh, will lead the like it'll be intuitive to drive one leg up together with it uh, so and I like I, having watched children this is what they usually do like even yeah. I remember my nephew when he was like a toddler uh, he saw me handstanding in in the in the living room when I was I was at my mom's place and <clears throat> He went over to the cane and he kind of grabbed it and he put his head down towards the floor and he would lift one leg. So that that would be the baby's Im immediate response. I've seen other other babies do this too, like put the hands on the floor and lift one leg into the air. Uh, yeah. So I, I think it's possibly the most kind of, uh, how to say, the most intuitive pattern um, to getting up. So I do think it makes sense to... Uh, as kind of one of the most <clears throat> most foundational ways of actually getting up yeah i still want to say i just wonder is it like what i think you do is test with your nephew mm. the younger ones is only press the handstand in front of them mm. <laughs> only ever press and just see what happens yeah maybe maybe they just 
yeah, that would be interesting. Suddenly they can just press. They have a massive head, so they don't. Yeah. They, they, it's easy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's definitely a. Or like, they, for, first they need long enough arms so their head head doesn't just bump the floor before like they just do headstand. Uh, yeah, or always just kick up to one arm. Hmm. Always just like kick up straight to one arm and not two arms. Yeah, then you have like the happens. god hand balancer kid yeah. in immediately. <laughs> this is a. Uh, but yeah. but I mean, if we, I think it's to to get into kind of the technicalities of the kick up. Like we've talked about before on the podcast too is uh i think it's a very it, it's extremely important to um uh to address kind of the gymnastics uh, method of it uh and what that tries to achieve versus just uh, like a hand balancing approach to it and like on average the gymnastics style would take a longer lunge step uh place the hands further from the arm <clears throat> from the legs and swing up with the leg and swing it quite hard, possibly even kicking with both legs to make it up. Um, and I want to come back to the both legs kicking up later, but I mean, essentially, since in gymnastics, you would want to be able to enter it in the same way you want to enter a, a front handspring. Uh, that makes total sense that you want, you want to cover space, you want to drive through with the heels, and you want to kind of keep a lot of tension through the body as you do so. Whereas, I yeah. mean, if you just want to step on your hands, that is the thing that we're trying to to push in in terms of the concept. Is rather place your hands close to your feet because that that means that like the de facto energy in terms of physics that is required to invert the body. If you put the hands close to your feet, it, it's just you you need less energy to get upside down uh, if it's done properly, and that also allows you to 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 put the hands and as they come rather close to you. You can activate the um, the scapular elevation immediately because you're not coming, you're not putting the hand in front of your body as you're diving forwards. Yeah, it's definitely one of the things. I think back to some of the first coaches I had were gymnastics coaches, and even though they were teaching in circus schools, uh, with the kick up for them, a lot of them had a process for the kick up when you're doing even doing just a handstand that you're trying to mimic your tumbling takeoff for like a front aerial or something like this a front aerial front handspring and uh, what they would have us do i can remember this actually quite clearly that i annoyed me so much i ditched it immediately i never forced it upon anyone in my coaching well maybe a few people but it was like this idea of going through a t-balance so you would start you would put the hands overhead you would hip hinge at the same time lift the leg up so the leg and the chest are parallel to the ground on a straight leg then you'd try to go down, keeping the leg to go into the deepest split you could. Only then could you bend the supporting leg. and You'd end up in quite a long kick-up position, which you'd have to press quite hard with the legs. Mm. The interesting thing is you'd be, you'd almost be canter-leaving the body or having a pivot point around the hands. Mm. And that would be staying straight almost mm. to get up on top of the shoulders. And it was kind of, it's quite a frustrating way to kick up if, unless you're super flexible. If you're super flexible, then it's quite easy. But it was the kind of way that was drilled in with these coaches. I can think of two coaches who came from a gymnastics background. And it was very like, very robotic in this manner. It was like, leg go up into T balance, T balance, hands go down into the split. Then you bend the knee as far as you can to place the hands, then push and go. Hmm. It was quite a quite an interesting 
interesting way to kick up but at the same time it was more what would happen is once you got used to this you would hurdle step or hurdle step into tumbling where you would try and mimic this kind of takeoff position in the air Mm. and keeping the body perfectly straight because when you go down and invert you want the body to arrive almost straight so you can block what is called block when you punch with the shoulders through the ground and snap the legs to get your drive Mm. so it was kind of interesting to try and keep the shoulders open as long as you can whereas in our style of kick up i suppose our hand balance kick up we're kind of going from a semi-closed shoulder to an open shoulder at the same time we're trying to articulate the spine as well yeah yeah it's i think it's it's a very big difference and the interesting thing is that i mean okay we we analyze this into these particular components but what you will see with most hand balancers uh that were never taught um uh, any of these particular kick-up styles in terms of the the specificities of the dynamics and so on uh, once you're really good on your hands the general way you will go up will start tending towards this very effective uh, uh, way of just inverting yourself rather than the kind of gymnastics way um, and that comes from the fact that like like you, your your body is, is trying to to make this uh, effortless and spend little energy doing so and and this is the kind of the way that it it is being done uh, and i've seen that on so many people like everyone that i know in circus school and like people that are just good hand balancers this is how people end up doing it like you you won't see really good hand balancers start with their hands above their head and then bring the hands down to the floor when they're going to handstand like no one does that like the only time people do that is when they're kind of like going to make a joke uh then they do that so that's kind of a rather telling yeah. thing like when you're like oh look at my kick up and then they lift the arms and like make it and pretend then then people <laughs> do that but otherwise it's 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 never present um and like their their reasoning for that is very simple like your arms are hanging by your sides and that arms are going to go down to the floor and there is no reason then to lift them above your head uh, to then in- start inverting your axis and as you lift the arms over your head you're also changing your center of mass slightly and you you need to drive more with the arms down towards the floor to 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 um <clears throat> to bring them down uh, again which which can have have uh, a point for tumbling purposes but for for us here it's just like the point is uh, you could, like, or I love to compare the, pre- the, the press to handstand with the kick up because you can press a kick up by putting your hands on the floor, lifting one leg uh, as high as you can into whatever split you can. And let us now not assume that you can lift it into an over split or a full split or anything, but you just lift the leg up so it's, it's high in the air above you, but not even, it's not even fully at vertical yet. And then you yeah. lean into your hands you lift the other leg off and then you press to handstand like that is essentially the the mechanic and the method that you want to imitate but since you want to get up with little energy spent uh you would want to push a little <clears throat> bit from the heel of the heel of or like from the ball of the foot and you'd want to pull a little bit with that leg that goes goes up which makes it so that the pressure of the shoulder does one part the ball of the foot does another and the little whip of the leg does uh does another part which again just makes it so that you're you don't need a lot of force 
from one place and you can make it into just something that is just extra like I love to like try to make people make their kick up lazy you're supposed yeah. to be as lazy as possible getting as high as possible and you want to, you want it to be floaty at the top as if you kick up you if you kick up and you have you you on purpose try to not balance still you, it it should make you kind of stuck up there for a second or, or so you kick up and it kind of hangs and then you fall down whatever way it happens but that is kind of the idea uh, that I like to work with when it comes to kick ups. Yeah, I like that idea at the moment of suspension mm. finding it. And I think it's one of those things you can start introducing quite early to someone in their career of handstanding. Yeah, like totally. All these kind of kicking up, but walking, but not aiming to, not aiming to kick up to a handstand. Say, say you have someone who can't, just not going to be able to balance a handstand, but still has a bit of conditioning. All these kind of walking kickups or kicking up on the spot, but only aiming to hit forty-five degrees, and that kind of diagonal line kickups are these kind of they're very nice for just introducing this floating feeling, even at a point where someone can't get all the way up on their hands because you can experience it, and it does give quite a like, you know, it's quite a rewarding sensation for a lot of beginners when they get that point of like, oh, I can invert myself mm. and it's not a catastrophe. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it, that kind of thing is like, it's not it's not forced. This is the other thing mm. is you can't force the float. If you force it and work too hard, it doesn't happen. Mm. Whereas if you get everything, it's a timing thing as much as anything else. Yeah. And if you get the sequence right, yeah. even if you're only coming like 30 centimeters off the ground at the foot, mm. you'll still experience that like, hold on a second, I was there. And you know, time slows <clears> down. It's like everyone who does a 10 second one arm is actually three seconds on camera yeah. knows. <laughs> it's a uh, time slows down when you're in suspension. Mm. And uh, that's kind of very nice. I really like it. It's definitely one. It's one of those uh, joyful moments when you're coaching people in person who mightn't be able to handstand. When you see them actually crack it for the first time, you, you'll always be able to tell. Mm. And it's just kind of nice. Yeah, like, and I, I think that like that moment of suspension. I think the the most important thing uh, to focus on there is is to is to concentrate on the pressure from the shoulders and the fact that like as your hands touch the floor you are elevating the shoulders uh, so that you're you're uh, you're pushing the torso away from the ground because if you aren't uh, then either like there's a couple of interesting things that can happen one is that you just like let the shoulders go a lot forwards and into kind of a semi planche because your body tries to get the central mass over over the hands and this is also what happens for people that lack shoulder mobility the actual getting up is very often a harder part than staying if they have some strength, but lacking the shoulder flexion. Uh, and then the the other thing that can happen is that like if if you kind of just put your hands on the floor and you whip your legs upwards, but you don't have any kind of commitment through the shoulders, uh, you you very often end up doing some kind of like I call it the snake uh, <clears throat> because like you. You put the hands really fast down on the floor, you throw them down, <clears throat> you kick the legs really hard. Uh, you have no kind of commitment and pressure into the floor, which means you don't feel your weight on your, like you don't feel as if you're carrying the entire body uh, on your hands from the second that you start kicking up. Uh, and then as your feet reach the full kind of inverted position, your shoulders have actually traveled back behind your hands again. So they never get to that kind of 
shoulder overhand the position that we want they kind of escape backwards again because you, you're you're not uh, putting any pressure into the floor and this is the same people experiences a lot with uh, with tuck jumps and with straddle jumps and for for people that do that uh, I often recommend them to try to do what I call a half jump where you don't try to jump all the way up you try to jump as high as you can feel that you're you're carrying weight in your hands and that is the same with what we use as we call the half kick up and that's where you you want to reach a floaty state where you feel that you're you're applying pressure into the floor and you just want to go to the point that you feel safe and that you feel that you're doing something because if you just like mindlessly try to throw loads of energy into the air that is the kick and pray method uh, because you kick your legs loads and then you just hope that you end up somehow in the right constellation up there and then yay you but it's going to be random and it's going to take your body a long time to adjust to compared to having like a focus in one point which is tangible which is your hands so like thinking about about like the pressure down into the floor uh, is going to to for most people do wonders and it's also going to give you a kind of free ticket to a 0.001 feeling of a press to handstand because that is ultimately what you do with, when you press as well it's just that you don't use your legs yeah it's definitely one of the things the way i would explain that to people just to drill at home is a lot of people on the kick and pray method you're not if you weigh 70 kilos and you kick and pray even if you go for it you suddenly will end up at a point where that 70 kilos lands fully into your structure in a very quick amount of time and if you're not pushing it's like say if i said to you oh i'm going to jump into your arms get ready catch me mm. i could probably do it or you could probably do it whereas if i just jumped onto you without warning anything you just completely collapse under mm. it so it's this idea that like when you have your hands on the ground if you're pushing with the intent to push away then it's fine it will load if you do the kick and pray method and you're not pushing if you weigh 80 kilos and you're pushing with only 60 kilos of force suddenly you're just going to be exceed your capacity what you've done and you will just get some kind of jank to have to deal with so it's this idea of like what we're trying to do is always establish like what's going to happen next mm. and by having this is the kind of thing where we could differ i suppose having the hands on the ground or having being ready and placing the hands nicely and being ready to push and then pushing at a slow point it slowly you'll articulate the weight into the hand in an increasing manner where it doesn't it becomes like almost analog mm -hmm. in the feeling it's like oh even though it's not exactly but it's still it feels like oh suddenly i get 20 percent, 30 percent as the leg is going up to the ceiling and then eventually when it's vertical you get 100 mm -hmm. percent. whereas if you go for the kick and pray it's like oh even with kicking with momentum for tumbling suddenly you end up with 100 percent of your weight on your hands upside down yeah are you ready for it mm. if you're skilled and if you've practiced this yes then it's not a problem if you're learning and it's new to you it's very unlikely that you will be doing it this is where i've seen the biggest falls in hand balance and people tripping and twisting out weird mm. is from this actual method it's just like kick up too much momentum at the top everything loads vertical and then one arm bends because it's not pushing enough and they roll out to the side yeah yeah and like this also brings up that uh, other point which is like uh, the kicking with two legs things uh, which is basically the idea as in tumbling as you you whip with one leg uh, to uh, the first leg you you drive through the heel and then to gather the legs that you do mid-air so like it becomes kind of a one-two kick 
And this is exactly what you try to achieve for a, a front handspring to whip both of those legs and in gymnastics. They do this drill where you do kick up with a back to the wall and like the wall is like, or back to a crash mat and you try to yeah. kick the mat as hard as you can. Uh, and this is great for that purpose. But uh, if like, he, he, here, is, here is the point. Uh, you can do this test yourself. If you need to kick with both legs to make it on to a handstand position, then you have some work to do on your kick up to handstand. You should be able to reach the position. You should be able to reach kind of a staggered position where your legs are slightly apart uh, with kicking only with one leg. And you should be able to stop there and then gather your legs. Uh, and that doesn't mean that like, because when you're really good, you can just kick one and then put the other leg together at the same time. But the point is that if you, uh, there, there is an, it's a very neat kind of equation here. And that is that you need a certain amount of energy to get onto your hands. And you could either do all of that energy with your shoulders, then it's a press. You can do all of that energy with your feet, meaning you're literally kicking into it as, as into a front handspring, or you, you're somewhere in between. And most people are somewhere in between. But the thing is that if you're, if you're on the leg heavy side, it means that if you need to throw both the legs, like kind of gather them really quickly and drive with both to make it into the full handstand position, that is very often something that that people that lack shoulder strength to keep the shoulders over hands during this transition upwards, uh, they will, or like people that struggle with that, uh, to have a tendency to do this, AKA the same people that had that struggle with, um, uh, with tuck jumps and with straddle jumps. Those same people will try to do a tuck jump where they, they don't jump to tuck, catch and straighten. They try to jump tuck straighten immediately and they always fall back to the heel of the, of the hand and, and fall down again, AKA the snake. Uh, and like the reason I think you should really, uh, just interrupt. You should really put a video of the snake kick up onto your Instagram. Yeah. Uh, I have some videos of it, but I'll, I'll make a new one and I, I can, yeah. I can make a rant about this. Uh, the snake but the thing is that i think this happens because again as i talked about before the body tries to solve a puzzle the body has certain tools and it tries to use them so the body understands that okay what if i'm going to get up to my hands now and then i just if i don't kick enough i can't make it up okay so i'm just going to kick harder so then you whip both legs and they they make it and they get together above your body uh, they have a lot of speeds so you might fall over you might not but like they need that yeah. speed to get there but what you should eventually be able to do is reduce this amount of speed, which means you need to trust your shoulders more, but which makes it a lot more precise. And as I said before, <clears throat> one of the main reasons that hand balancers tend to prefer this method is that they are going to do kick up or kick up esque um, entries on canes on stage and so on, where you just, you just can't have any risk of falling over. Hence, the way, best way to reduce the risk of falling over is to reduce the speed and making it more like a press. Uh, and that's kind of where that comes in and where it is on average better to kind of get this equation of, of shoulders versus uh, legs energy-wise uh, closer to the shoulder uh, area than to the leg area. And by the time you're good at this and by the time you're strong in your handstand, like it does like the split second of getting into a handstand is so short that it doesn't matter if you're if you're more kind of on the shoulder side of things because you're mitigating the energy usage by effectively placing all the parts yeah
definitely one of these things was to consider if you were to do imagine you were to do the full gymnastic kick up to a straight handstand but a full of your hand balance training session every single shape you had to enter that way instead of jumping to a straddle or jumping to a tuck i think i would actually it bust would my true. wrists a bit from that yeah i think i'd be out of breath yeah. well, it's not saying this is more about me than the yeah. kick up but <laughs> if you do like arms up t-balance you know oh, yeah. mm. lock in momentum join the legs stop it at the top and then you have to do your set like it would uh yeah it would be thing so this is one of the things with hand balances you're always trying to be lazy i suppose or conserve your energy for when you need it mm. and enjoy the longer sessions and just uh anything you can do to make yourself more en energy efficient comes up so this kind of comes up to a point where what's interesting is like where would you say would you say starting you with your hands on the floor or placing them as you kick as a method that is actually yeah. something that i i don't have an answer for because i there it seems very preference based some are like like yeah. some kick up really well with the hands on the floor and are terrified of doing it from standing and the opposite very often i tell people to try both and ultimately i want them to be able to do it from a standing position um because again if you can do it from a standing position you can use the use your body like a scale as you lean forwards you're you're allowing the forwards lean to contribute to to the energy going up um yeah but but yeah it, it's cer it's certainly something that um that i think is is good to try both with but i think for precision for beginners it's probably in one sense better to start with them on the floor uh but one thing that i definitely want people to get away from is like okay i put my hands on the floor i'm gonna do the kick up and then i'm just gonna lift one leg and then i'm gonna do the pulse one and two and three and then oh, kick Jesus up Jesus. and one and two like how much time are you putting into how much energy are you spending leaning onto your hands before doing the thing uh, i understand I, I get the point I can also I, like that mind process can can happen also for me in, in completely unrelated things, but it's it's somewhat something to aspire to to move away from I think. But one thing that's really good with uh, with having hands on the floor, which is a which is a is a positive thing of that, is that you can you can kind of see you can try to put your shoulders like a little bit extra in front of your hands. I mean, I'm not talking planching, just like you put put the weight like a yeah. centimeter further front and then try to kick up there and see okay does it help you does it not does it not and and then you can very often feel like okay is it too heavy for you to put the hands where they should be and what people will have a tendency to do then instead is that they they put the shoulders behind the hands almost and they do the snake they end up in a two open handstand and then they fall back to the heel yeah it's definitely one of those things like for beginners and people learning to kick up i prefer hands on the ground because one as a coach it's easier for me to troubleshoot my job mm. so i can see do they place their hands the correct weight okay do you have your favorite mark on the floor where you can place your hands on have you got your particularly if you're learning you're not too sure on hand placement are your fingers pointing forward to the side mm. you know all the things that are kind of relevant once you get advanced and it just happens automatically you know are you turned out are you lifting your fingers or you know are you setting up in the way you intend to try out and see what is working on the wall for you mm. The thing was kind of interesting to throw it out there is, you know, I didn't know kicking up with your hands on the ground was a thing until well after I'd left circus school. Mm -hmm. So I went mm -hmm. through circus, acrobatics, everything, kicking up to handstand where like in the kind of runner start, I suppose, mm -hmm. 
my term it just wasn't a thing until like i can't even remember i just kind of realized hold on you can do that mm. whereas we'd always like even not even doing a gymnastic kick up like a, just a normal kick up would start with the hands by the side you'd step forward into a bit of a lunge place the hands where they would end up in the runner start mm. and then kick but it was just done from standing mm. but i think that was just like it just was every you know obviously there's a bias here of everyone in circus school can basically handstand already or mm. can do stuff so it doesn't really matter because all the basics are taken care of so no one needs to go oh let's check all this but it was kind of like a mini revelation when i was coaching more adults of like hold on i can just make people kick up like mm. this and then <laughs> they can get set up and spend some time and know exactly where to place their hands and yeah all this kind of things whereas like you know my preference is just to kick up from stand i prefer that mm. i just let my hands go i lean forward it's all automatic now mm. i think and then I, I think maybe particularly though for people learning on the wall in the beginning uh it's it's good with with hands on on floor since some people are worried about banging the head on the wall or like they don't really they're not they're not like safe and sure on the movement yet and, and speaking a bit of of that uh of kicking up against the wall it's it's also a very uh, nice diagnostic if 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 you need to repair your wall because your feet are hitting too hard or if you hurt your feet because you're kicking the wall too hard like maybe you should think about trying to apply more pressure from the shoulders uh, <laughs> as you kick up and i think like the the, the wall the wall is a great tool for learning kick up because what you want to do is you want to drive one heel and you want that heel or foot to touch the wall behind you like that is that is your yeah. primary goal as you're kicking up to the wall and then the other leg comes after that is the point that you shouldn't need to basically just whip both of them to to make it up and i mean in the beginning you might even need to and that that's that's uh, that, that that will be a sign that you need to strengthen your shoulder flexion and your just general strength in handstand stomach to wall handstand tuck slides etc but uh that the uh the kick up ideally should should happen with one leg and uh i know many people that had a lot of fear for do, for doing that like just this kind of like oh it, it's scary i don't know where my leg is going and one thing that i used to do when i was teaching workshops uh hope i can teach workshops again at some point <laughs> uh no more workshops ever, ever again. again uh only endless zoom meetings oh god uh but yeah so what i do is like stand by the side of the person like by the side of the the leg they're kicking with the first one and asking them to kick up as high as they could and i would like i would of course inform them what i was going to do i was going to grab their leg and lead it to the wall so just like the the body gets like a kind of a, a map there okay the other something happening in this distance and here is the wall like the proprioception there and then like the person kicks up and they like i just ask him okay go down one more time and one more time and one more time and they would be a bit worried like and but then like after having done it like five six seven times then they try a bit on their own i come back and i do it with them a couple of rounds of that like it's it's remarkable how fast that process can be taught if it if it's not an issue of just lacking completely the strength of getting up um but uh but yeah th that is that is a huge one and like a kind of important milestone for a lot of people and if you're listening to this and you you feel that you want to try that like make sure your hands are not too far from the wall because that then you're going to have to reach very far with your leg which will likely lead you to arching and it's going to be hard to work on like proper placement with it later yeah 
It's definitely one of these ones. There's a uh, one I'd like to share for all these people who've got to the, the end of this podcast or towards the end. Uh, there's a drill. If you're still working on your pod on your podcast, if you're still working <laughs> on your podcast, and want some advice, please uh, get in touch. We're <laughs> looking to start a network. No, but seriously, uh, if you're still if you're at the stage where you're like you're in the handstands and your kick up isn't like perfect. I have a program that I call that I give to people. And it's not really a program. It's more just abuse in the form of kick up that I call kick up therapy. And every single training session, no matter what it is, you have to do 50 kick ups before you do it. 25 left, 25 right. And mm. generally you would do this for, you do this generally for about four to six weeks. And generally by the end of it, everyone has like, there's a test you can try out of trying 50 kickups each side and scoring your percentages. You have to score 90%. Mm. And most people I say would get within 85 to 90% or possibly even higher. I've had a couple of people do 100% at the end of this. Mm. So it's a pretty good thing to do. Like, now this is not, if you're like completely new to the handstands and you're completely just doing, it's probably not for you. If you can do 20, 30 seconds and your handstand is inconsistent, you miss a lot when you're training sessions. This is the fix for yeah. you. Now, when you kick up, it's not holding the handstand. What you're trying to do is make your kick up as mechanical as possible. So it's like everything happens in the exact same order. Mm. So if you, you look at your, obviously, say you, for me, I start from hand standing. I will step forward. My hands will swing slightly forward. They're on the backswing. I'll bend the knee and they'll place exactly where I want them. At this point, I will have inhaled, held my breath and started the swing of the back leg. Once the swing of the back leg is hit full extension of the hip, but not a bit beyond it, which will start to twist me personally out. Then I'll push through the leg. I'll push through the leg, aiming to push mainly through my toe to get my leg straight. I'll then push through the shoulders. I'll feel the weight. And you're trying to basically get your kick up to the point of like, okay, I'll push through the weight. I join. I feel the 90, 90 degree split in the leg and the half kick up. I join the leg. Once I've joined the leg, I exhale. I squeeze the ground with my fingers and push myself off my balance. Mm. This is this is as mechanical as you want the kick up to be, that it's like it's literally like playing a scale on a music instrument. Oh, yeah. me, fa, yeah. so I can't sing, but that kind of idea of like and getting this kind of rote practice of like I can do a kick up, I know how to do it. Now it's to make it precise, mm. and that it's the exact same kick up every time. Yeah, and kick up therapy is the fix for that. Yeah, like uh, yeah, it's I I like the word or the the phrase kick up therapy. Um, yeah, like I, I usually just say that you you need to do like 7,000 kickups before it's going to be really tight. So why not just start immediately? Uh, and that is that I think, I think is one of the reasons why, I mean, one of the main reasons to, to train, for example, back to wall handstands, which I know, like I know several people that are kind of against training back to wall handstands. I don't I don't think that there's anything wrong with them at all. Uh, if, you, if they're done correct, they'll certainly help with your progress. But... Um, as we usually say, uh, first um, uh, taking the handstand and like taking each part as a component and training it separately, then putting it together, then the kick up is is the perfect uh, part in that sense because you need to start early. You need to, to do loads of repetitions because, like, if you let's say you you do a stomach to wall handstand and you spend twenty seconds up there, that's twenty seconds of off time in the position for your body. While when you're doing a kick up, if even if you're doing a good one, you're barely spending like half a second or a second doing the motion. Your body needs to be in the context 
very many times to accumulate enough information to start deciphering this uh, the puzzle so that is why like you you might as well just begin getting on them basically and uh, starting by the wall uh, doing loads and loads of just okay i can reach the wall i can reach the wall and this is a separate yeah. practice like you you want to reach the wall safely no no nuking the wall or anything uh coming down safely again and again and again and again until you feel that you're safe then you do the same thing freestanding and of course another part then is of course the the exit which you need to have some degree of control over but um we're not going to go into that now but it's of course <laughs> a necessity if you're yeah, speaking of the of the kick up freestanding, but there as well, just like adjusting so that you you allow your body to understand okay how much energy is traveling in this direction and what does it need to do. So, like for example, I have a guy I'm working with right now. He's um, his kick ups are great against the wall. Like he gets he has a little bit of shoulder flexion uh, to work on still, but when he does a kick up against the wall, it's pretty good stuff. Like he gets into a very nice uh, like the, his line from hand to hip is pretty pretty good when he's he's back to wall kicking up but when he kicks up in free space he he planches it quite a lot so i've been working with several things to make him not planch it as much but uh it, it's just a typical thing like we're adding something to his his uh to the technique which is now do it in free space which makes his entire body and nervous system and conscious methodology around it change slightly which in his case ends up with him planching it more but with work on both of them, both on the wall and off the wall, he's going to be able to reach the same kind of hands and freestanding, no problem. But you need a ridiculous amount of attempts. And this is the thing, like kick-up therapy, essentially. It needs kick-up yeah. therapy. Yeah. I think the kick-up therapy, I just don't remember why I invented it many years ago, was basically the joke of like, okay, you can kick up, that's fine, but it's shit. So you just need to do a thousand of them. Mm. And it worked out the mat. And 50 kick-ups a day is basically 2,000 kick-ups over six weeks. Huh and uh yeah so yeah if you're aiming to get like a thousand reps in on each side kick up therapy is for you it's a good warm-up for most of your other training exactly and you know the goal is to not spend like kick up and have a five second handstand every time that's not it the goal is to kick up get to the top and then come back out the same way so squeeze fingers step out mm. so you're just trying to drill it it's pure it, this is the kind of thing what i think is missing a bit in terms of conceptual and training a little bit is the difference between a drill and how you should do it a drill is something that it should almost be done by rote it's to build muscle memory so once you can do something first you got to like be able to do the skill to a certain degree have all the strength requisites and mobility covered then once you have it you drill it to the point where it's just like mechanically done mm. and then you can do it and that's kind of this kind of like Conscious, unconscious doing and grinding is very important. We know for most of our other stuff we do, but for the kick up, it seems to be like people, I don't know, can get a bit lazy sometimes. Or not lazy, they just assume that because I'm kicking up to every handstand I'm doing, or as if I'm getting enough practice in, well, sometimes you just need to go, okay, no, this is it. Can I kick up 90%? 90% accuracy over 100 kicks. That's your target, hmm. possibly even more. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I think it's um, for for anyone that doesn't hit like more or less ten out of ten handstands, it's it's useful to just yeah just get to the point where you can do that. And and the nice thing is, 
since you're since the goal is to spend very little energy per kickup because you're going to try to do them f efficiently it means they are not going to drain a lot either uh yeah so that's why like it, it's a it's a super uh useful warm-up drill and it's a, it's something that you can uh um like yeah you you you're just separating it entirely from your handstand practice then you go of course you're going to do more kickups through your your uh, your session you might even just be tuned so that they are going to be better as well since you you separated the tasks first and just like went and yeah you play the chords uh, and then you go and you, yeah. you just try playing a song essentially so it's uh, it's usually useful um and of course uh the more technical you are with them, uh, the easier it, it'll also get. Uh, but I think understanding the underlying principles of why you're trying to be technical with them is is perhaps more important in this sense because you'll see a, like, a vast range of different nuances and kind of details to the kickups. Some go longer, some go shorter, some bring legs together quicker, some bend their legs a bit like you you see all these things and of course you you want to be able to do them with whatever form you'd want to uh but uh you you want to make sure that it's safe and that you know where you are at all times um so it's um it, it it's something that is is worth working on for yeah for anyone that can't just go up and do it at any given time basically yeah, it's definitely one of these things I think just to add another point in on the kick up is the hand balance kick up notice style we kinda of coach gives you a choice that once you get mostly inverted, then you can segue to every kind of handstand you want. Mm. Oh, you want to kick up and go straight to straddle, boom. You want to kick up and go straight to tuck, you can. You want to go to stag, you can, you want to go to split handstand, you can. The same half kick up and kick up with each, it also turns into the one arm kick up. Mm. I've had one of my advanced students kicking up straight into Katkov mm -hmm. recently when he broke his arm. It was kick up month when he had an injury in his wrist, which was thing. So he's kicking up straight to Katkov. For those of you who knows what it is, it's like a one arm Mexican pike back bend twisted at ninety degrees. Pretty tricky. So yeah, it's pretty nimbly, but uh, he was getting it. But it's the same kick up, whereas the gymnastic kick up to rip on it just goes to one place it just goes to the handstand yeah i remember when i when i started playing with with kicking straight into the one arm switch cup position uh, yeah. i figured out how to do it when i was teaching a beginner's class because uh, um i was teaching and i was like okay yeah so you need to to think about bringing this one leg all the way up and then you gather your legs and i was like why am i not trying to do that when i try kicking straight to switch cup? and i was like started trying to do that and like it works like it's it's even possible to get a decent level of consistency doing such a complicated thing because the focus is in the hand and the pressure through the shoulder and you feel like this yeah this analog pressure you feel your weight you feel your body on the way up you reach a handstand with your legs staggered apart and then the leg is just going to the other leg so there is no forwards force with that leg and that is why I love this kind of kick up, um, the or the kick, these kick up principles a lot is because they apply to a beginner and they apply to me and anyone better than me. Like it, it is the same thing that you're doing. If you're doing a, a one arm kick up into a straddle position, if you're doing a 
like a one-arm cartwheel entry onto one cane, it's the same thing. Like you, you apply pressure into the floor so that you feel kind of the, you feel elbow over wrist, shoulder over elbow, you feel sternum over shoulder and you feel the hips above the, above the, the torso. Once the hip is above the torso, uh, it is only a job of your, of your shoulders and hands to, to maintain that pressure. And then it doesn't matter where your legs are. So it gives you a lot of range very early in the motion. And this is the interesting part is that like you can kick up with like 5% energy and press with the rest, as I talked about before, that like yeah. it, it gives you an enormous amount of, of feeling uh, directly. And this is what you need to, to be able to, to go up on into a handstand on, on top of something and be 100% sure you're not falling over. This is what everyone that does like kind of stunt handstands or handstands on top of, of tall things. Like they intentionally, they know, okay, I'm going to put my weight in a very safe place in my hand. And then I'm literally, I just apply the pressure into that point And then I'm on my hands. Like there's yeah. literally no kick or nothing. Like just to make sure that, okay, yeah, I get to that point. I stay there. I do whatever I want. And then if I let go of my shoulders in an emergency, I fall back to my feet rather than over. Yeah. Stunt handstands. I think that should be our next course. Mm. How to do handstands on the edges of buildings. Mm. Uh, yeah. With that in mind, I think we're going to wrap it up there. Yes. I think we covered everything. So this episode was kind of based on a lot of questions we've gotten on kickups and all this. So we're not going to have questions today. But uh, if you would like to send us your questions in, uh, either we'll roll them into an episode or we'll just uh, answer them directly. Please send them to us at Handstand Factory on Instagram. Uh, other than that, I've been Emmett. I'm here with the Dark Lord. Uh, a special shout out to a friend of ours on Instagram called uh, Meditations of an Anxious Mind. Check him out. Yeah, go follow him. He's hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah. Other than that, yeah. Have a good Cheers. The Handstand Cast was brought to you by Handstand Factory and is produced by Motion Impulse. Thanks for tuning in. You can find a full transcript of each episode along with the show notes and any relevant references on handstandfactory.com slash podcast. Thanks to Isaac for editing and Jordan for transcriptions. Music by Daniel Horwath. If you want to support the show, you can buy us a coffee on buymeacoffee.com or consider starting one of our Handstand Factory online programs. Links are in the show notes.